Uh, this is Moments of Hope brought to you by the Missionary Church Association in Jamaica. I am your host, Marja Elaine Francis, welcoming you to the program. Good morning. According to the late Billy Graham, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. This week, we turn the spotlight on fathers, and today's feature is Journey to Fatherhood, Raising Girls. My guest is Kavan Allen. He's husband of one wife and father of three beautiful girls and a youth pastor at the Fellowship Tabernacle Church. He will share with us his fatherhood journey. Pastor Kavan Allen, welcome. Such an honor to be here again. It's been too long, firstly. <laughs> but, you know, I always feel honored when you reach out to me to share, especially on this topic that is dear to my heart. So thank you so much. You are welcome. Now we know we, we go into the word. Yes, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender Amen. and compassionate to those who fear him. And our heavenly father love us. You have had the joy of being a father for, you can tell us how many years. Um, <laughs> nine years. Nine years. How would Almost you ten. <laughs> almost 10. You hear those, those counting almost 10. <laughs> How would you describe your experience of seeing your daughters for the first time after your wife gave birth? Were you there for all three? Basically. <laughs> I, um, I have three girls, as you heard. Tehila, I was there. I was at uh, University Hospital waiting Um. I mean, I never, I never, I learned that, you know, it's best to pack a bag for yourself as well. <laughs> uh, I learned that, you know, it's good because we lived out of town at the time. So, you know, I learned by the second child to book somewhere close by, you know. Um, so all of those were learning experiences. But for my first daughter, I was there right through. Um, it was an amazing experience. Uh, but you heard all the screams, you saw your wife in pain, and that was very frightening for me, to be honest. And I wondered if I should get my wife pregnant again because of just the realities <laughs> of the pain um, that I witnessed uh, her going through. Um, but man, when Tehila was born and I took her, you know, cause mommy needed to be attended to, so I had her. Um, it, 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 for better want of a word, it was magical, to be honest and um just watching her grow it 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 is amazing as for Kara Karis it was the same um but as a little bit more prepared I knew where I would stay between I had a better plan um but for Judah my third daughter I was out I was doing a youth camp in Manchester the due date was close but we were hoping that you know I would be back no she came probably um two days before camp ended. So I was rushing in from Manchester. When I got there, she was she was just born. Like I missed it probably by two or three minutes. So that, that was the experience from all of them. Um, but it, it, each time is different, but still as magical, still as miraculous, um, still as heartwarming. Each time you see the ultrasound, you see baby moving. Um, you see a picture each time you find out the the, the gender of the child. It, it, it's just an amazing experience. 
Amazing, magical. I hear those words. <laughs> now, you said almost 10 years. How old are your daughters and what are they doing now? So, uh, Tehila is nine. She'll be 10 in September. Kara Karis is five. She'll be six in August. And Judah is three, will be four in August. Uh, so, Tehila is in grade four. So, she has um, that grade four pep coming up. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah, that's that's that. I can't believe you know we're at that stage already. already. Uh, you know, um, Kara is in K three, so she's about to start grade one. And Judah, this is her first year in school, so that's that's what's happening at in the Allen's house. In the Allen's house. <laughs> no, no, Pastor Cavon, you would have had three of them. I know it's quite a journey. How do you make all three children feel special without appearing to favor one over the other? How do you balance it out? No, you know, it, that, that's just such a real question and tricky thing to do. One of the things, especially my first daughter, I, I, I had to be trying to help her understand I cannot treat them all the same just by virtue of the age. What I realized is if the nine-year-old cannot do something because, you know, she's nine, you expect some growth and level of maturity in some areas. She would want to somewhat enforce that on the younger ones. I had to try to explain, no, they are three and they are five. They are allowed to do that. You are not. And that's a little tricky. At the same time, she gets privileges that others don't get on virtue the age. But it's not just age alone. It's personality as well. I'm realizing it's, it's really, even in disciplining your children, that understanding how they think understanding how they respond yeah and so it can look like favoritism but it is actually wisdom you know um try not to you know as i'm not saying i'm perfect with it but try not to embarrass one in front of the other if you have a serious situation you try to deal with it one-on-one -on -one yes. so the others don't know it's not always perfect but it's something that i try to do um you celebrate everyone for as much things as possible build a culture of celebration you don't want it to be that you you, you, you know it, it's so ad hoc that it can seem as if you're celebrating one more oh, so you create a culture where everybody celebrates every little thing and so it tries to help that nobody feels left out because they know if they do one little thing you know they, they will get all of the noise and excitement from everybody yeah yes. you know um when fa family and friends are involved and they give gifts to one you have to teach them be happy for other. yeah man don't be like oh i wanted one too and whatever you know and I, I remember teaching this um recently you know one of them got something and the others were a little one in particular was a little sad about it and i said to her listen your day will come and your day have come you know yeah that experience many other times before and like a week later her grandma gave her, you know, holy heap of stuff, you know. And I say, hey, you see what they're talking about? <laughs> I'm the only one who got something this time. So it's just teaching those things to help, you know, keep everybody on the same page and nobody feeling a little bit, you know, less valued. Less valued. Everybody's celebrated. I like that you do that. Now you are a man of God, yes? How does yes. your relationship with God influence how you raise your girls? Listen, it's everything, right? It may have saved them or saved me from a murder charge more than one. I'm sure. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's, the truth is, I think they benefit from it. 
because the same you, you read the scripture earlier about the love the love of god as a father's um, compassion on his children compassion on his children and you know the, that's what the scripture teaches me and it reminds me to be gracious yes be forgiving not to hold what they did wrong against them um and the more god is gracious to me and i see it and i revel in that is the more i'm reminded to be gracious and merciful to my children to love them unconditionally yeah i think if you allow the word to guide you that's the best thing for your children also we have had experiences where god kind of guide us with how to deal with them how to discipline them how to find out things you know that you probably wouldn't have without the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I feel that it's a game changer. Funnily, I've seen that in my own life with my mom being, a, you know, a pastor as well, and she prays and she says, listen, the Lord tell me this. And you'll be like, yes, it's true. You know, in my yes. And so I'm seeing some of that in a lesser angle with my children now. So um, I think it helps big time. And I think I'm, a, I'm the best version of me are as best as best can be, you know, to help them. So I feel like they are winning because of my relationship with God. Very well said. Your relationship with God has made a difference. <laughs> my guest is Pastor Kavon Allen. He's husband, father of three girls, and youth pastor at Fellowship Tabernacle Church. And we have been discussing his fatherhood journey. He told us how it all started with all three of them. Yes? <laughs> no, 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 sir. You would have been raising them according to the word of God, which he said helps you in terms of how you even discipline. I want for you to share, because I know sometimes that is spoiled girls. What are, some, <laughs> what are some ways you in which you discipline them and which do you find most effective? I tell you something, these children are so um, tech and electronic immersed. I think the best thing, the most uh, uh, painful thing, it seems you can do them take away the tablet, take away the tablet, you know. Yes. Um, so you do a lot of that. Um, I, I, for me, it's, it's really a battle with even should you, you know, use a belt, beat the child. That has been a battle. I think where I decided to settle, and I'm working on that now, is because I have girls. Yeah. If that comes in the picture, allow mommy to do that. Um, but I try to use the word to be patient. I feel like that was a revelation I got to be patient, to sit and create teachable moments um, to show them why what they're doing um, is detrimental and to teach them what to do next. And then you can hold them accountable to that. And whether it is through corporal punishment or through, um, you know, taking away the tablet, stuff like that are different um, other things. Uh, So it's a growing and a learning process. I've used many different things. I've changed what I believe worked in one case and as i said before sometimes it's all about the child that you're dealing with at the time that's a big deal as well because different children respond differently they are all in the same household and they respond they respond differently to different types of discipline i've realized that and so um i'm just ensure that whatever you choose it's done out of love not out of anger i'm learning that 
that sometimes we punish because we are so upset or we are embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, or we are fearful of what that might mean or how my child might look. And so the Lord just kind of helped me through that whole process of seeing it a little differently and trying my best to teach as much as I can in these tough moments. Wow, discipline is important. The method, you really have to decide based on the personality and other factors, what you use. Uh, So I've been asking you about your own personal journey as a daddy. I mean, having done it for almost 10 years, what are your your thoughts on fathers being present and active in raising their children? No, no, it's it's it's, it's a big deal. It, It is, it is, very important we can start from just the fact that the father is an attribute that god uses to describe himself yes right he 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 said he is our father and so your the role of the father in the house is a direct reflection of how your children will see view and relate to god um shameless plug that's a part of what my book is about the father wants sons yeah. not servants get it on amazon <laughs> you know um but so that that it, it uh, when, when both parents are important but in today's culture when you're living with one parent it tends to be the mother yeah nine out of ten it tends to be that when a parent is absent it is normally the father and so what you're seeing is children not learning how to connect with God also I think as fathers we carry so much weight your voice is important because again from scripture you realize that it's the father that gives the blessing so the validation of the father is so important you you to know that your father is pleased is proud that your father has given directions many parents will tell you that once the father speaks, that's when the whether boy or girl they get in line. Um, and that's, that's just true, a I've part of how, <laughs> yes, right. That's just a part of how God made us. So when that is missing, children tend to try to get that validation, that void of validation filled elsewhere, and that can be very detrimental. And so I mean, we can go do a whole sermon on this thing, you know, how important the father is. And I want to say this. I know in some cases you can't live together because of just what it is. But I can tell you, even when you are present, there's nothing better than living in a house with both parents, living where daddy is. And for daddy to speak into my every present situation, you know, where that isn't possible, you just have to do the best that you can. And God is there to cover. But I just have to say that that to me, and just looking at scripture, looking at real life examples is the best way to do it. The best way to have the presence of the father. I hear you with shameless shameless plug my own book is calling daddy a daughter's journey to connecting with mm-hmm. and forgiving an absentee father my father was absent and some of the things that you spoke about seeking validation elsewhere was some of the things that i did so it's important to have the father present playing his role in his child's life now i'm gonna ask you you've been doing this for a while what do you enjoy most about being a daddy there are so many things. I tell you this though. You see, when I go on the road, Marge, and I come back in, <laughs> I have 
most time, these days it go down to two, sometimes all three. I used to have all three, but I'll have at least two children cheering daddy. It, I mean, as long as they're awake, as long as they hear the car yes. pulling in, my girls rush to the front of the house, even when we were living elsewhere. Um, that time we had, had to kind of walk, go upstairs before I meet them, but they're at the top of the stairs. Mm -hmm. Now where we are now, they go to the front of the door and they are cheering. Oh God, man, they feel like a champion. Um, I enjoy each of them. I think, so like my youngest, she's so loving and I don't know. And she seems to always want to hug and kiss up daddy at the right times. <laughs> I don't know if my face look a little sad. I don't know, but... Even when I'm, I'm not speaking, it's almost as if she knows and she, she's so uh, comforting. Um, uh, my eldest, Tehila, she is a very talkative, fun-loving. She's a little like me, or a lot like me, I should say. Mm -hmm. So to see myself in a young female farm is <laughs> something to behold. And it, that, that's, that, that's a joy as well, because we can get excited together. I'm very yes. easily excited. And she gives that same vibe and energy and, you know, and then Cara, uh, um, she, I saw some people, Cara doesn't talk a lot, but she tells a lot of stories. Aww. So when she starts, she's a deep thinker. So when she starts to share her stories and stuff, it's, it blows your mind. And she's five and you're like, how are you thinking about these things? And so having conversations with Kara is very special. And there are so many things. Tehila, when she got baptized, I baptized my first daughter. She was eight. She wanted to be baptized before she turned nine. So on the Wonderful. last day of eight, we baptized her. That was special when she gave her heart to the Lord as well. I was preaching and I did an altar call. I mean, she come around with me preaching all the time. And I do altar calls all the time. But this one time, she gave her heart to the Lord. I don't look down on it because I gave my heart at five years old and I'm still here today. So Praise others God. might question it, but to me, it meant the world um, to see their love for music, gospel music. It, it, it's just so much to enjoy playing with them, you know, you know and then the not so fun stuff I give them to mommy. I hear you loud and clear, you know, as we close, <laughs> that was just a joy to listen to you and listeners, if you could see his face light up when he speaks about his girls and how much he enjoys fatherhood. Yes, it's a joy to see. Now, what word of encouragement do you have for fathers, even as we approach another Father's Day? No, I just want to encourage you, you are very important. And whether you live with your child or not, or you are more absent than present, I think there's a role and a, um, and a void in your child that no one else can fill. And so I want to encourage you, give that encouraging word, praying for your children, be as present as possible, even when they don't want you to be present. You know, um, I want to also say, connect with other fathers, um, maybe those who, you feel are doing a better job than you to hear best practices. Yeah. Don't feel bad to ask questions. Don't feel bad to cry out to God, the, our everlasting father, to help us on this journey. But never don't play your role. You are ultra important. You need to know it. And so go for it. 
Thank you so much for sharing that and your journey with us this morning. I'll ask you to say a word of prayer for our fathers in this nation. I know you said earlier, just reminding them how significant they are, but just say a word of prayer for our men or fathers, potential and current, yes? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and for your example of what it is to be a good father. And so, Lord, as we approach our Father's Day, we pray for the fathers of the nation of Jamaica. You see the fatherhood crisis, Lord, but I thank you, you are able to strengthen us men who are fathers and potential fathers to step into the role that you have called them to be. I pray, Lord, that you send more men to step up to the plate to to, to to, to counsel and mentor Sorry. other fathers to help them. We need help. There is, we, we sometimes get this job without applying. And so, Lord, we need someone to hold our hands. So That's I pray that you'll raise up fatherhood programs to help fathers how to care, love, and strengthen their children. We pray, Lord, to provide for fathers. That's a big thing. Sometimes as fathers, we don't feel like we can give enough to our children. And so, Lord, help us in that regard open doors, guide us into places of resources and provision mm -hmm. so that we can be a source as the word father is source. We can be that source of blessing and provision for our children. So strengthen the fathers, Lord. We celebrate those who have really come on this journey and has given themselves to be a blessing. And for those who have not embraced it fully, Lord, we encourage them, we speak life into them that they will step up to the plate in this time and that they'll realize that fathering is not till 18. It is a forever job. And so they'll jump on the boat wherever they are. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, God. May I remind you, the Missionary Church Association in Jamaica brings moments of hope to you every Sunday at 7.30 a.m. Thanks to my guest, Pastor Kevin Allen. Thanks to you, our listeners. If you need prayer counseling or further information, call the Missionary Church Association office at 924-1378 or WhatsApp 7910527. Also, link us on Facebook at Moments of Hope MCAJ with your comments. I am Marja Elaine Francis. Regardless of what you encounter in life, there is hope and there is power in prayer. Hebrews 11 verse 6 reminds us that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. I invite you to pray by yourself or join with a family member or a friend, and let us pray being mindful that God answers prayers. Tune in again next week for another moment of hope.